Hey there, welcome to the Deliver On Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. I'm Ron from EntreeCourier.com. Entree is from entrepreneur, for somebody who is in business for themselves. And here's the deal, folks. If you're an independent contractor, you are operating a business, ready or not. So that makes you an Entree Courier. Welcome to the club. This podcast is here to help you think like a business owner and to thrive in your business. So let's get started, shall we? everybody, welcome to episode 18 of the Deliver On Your Business podcast. Folks, we're covering a lot of ground today, so I'm going to dive in quite a bit quicker this time. Uh, there's some important stuff that I really want to cover here today. This is the second of six episodes where we talk about the money side of your delivery business, and I think this may be maybe the most important one. We are getting into expenses, and in particular, we want to make sure that we understand what your car really costs you to operate if you're using it for your deliveries. So, okay, Courier Nation, I'm going to ask you a question. What does your car really cost you to operate? The IRS says it's 58 cents a mile this year. And you're probably thinking, yeah, those guys are on crack. You're probably thinking, thank you, thank you, thank you, because we get to claim all this money and it's nowhere near that expensive. Is it? Have you done the calculations? Have you really looked into what it really costs for you to operate your car? So I'm about to go on a little bit of a rant here. I see these discussions in forums when the subject of taxes come up, and I see people that say, oh, I don't have any taxes because you drive enough miles that you get to write off everything, so you really don't have any income. Guys, if this is you, you're killing yourself. Seriously, you're doing slave labor. You're doing volunteer work for a corporation. If this is you, you are not making money, at least not nearly as much as you think, okay? I'm going to tell you right now, you're better off stopping right now. Go flip burgers. Go work retail. You'll, you'll make a hell of a lot more money that way because seriously, if you're driving that many miles that you can completely write off your earnings you're not even making anywhere near minimum wage. It's it's really, it's not possible. I can promise you that. Now, you think you're making money because you're bringing cash in, and sometimes you're bringing a lot of cash in every week, but you're not making a profit, and you've got to understand this. You're running a business here. It's not the money coming in. It's the profit. We just talked about this a lot in yesterday's episode. Go back to episode 17. Folks, if you're writing off everything that you're making, that means that you've got to be driving about two miles for every dollar that you earn. Two miles. Now, go back to episode eight. We talked about figuring out your profits. And in that, we recommended using, you know, if you weren't totally sure, maybe 35 cents a mile as a good go-to figure for figuring out your cost per mile and trying to identify your profits. Well, when we dive into this in a little bit, you're going to find out that's maybe not so far off, okay? Um, here's the deal, though. If you're driving two miles for every dollar at 35 cents a mile, folks, you're only making 30 cents out of that dollar that you receive. 
30 cents is all that's left over. Guys, let that sink in. For every dollar you're making, you're only actually earning 30 cents. Let's say that you miraculously pull off $20 in revenue per hour. And I think that is a miracle because to do that, if you're doing two miles for every dollar, that means you're driving 40 miles every hour. And I don't know that that's possible once you throw in wait time and getting stuff to the customer, unless you're somewhere where it's all freeway. And there are maybe some markets that are that way. But what are you making when you're doing that? At $20 an hour in revenue, at $0.35 cents a mile for two miles each way, that's $6 an hour. Six freaking dollars, people. Dude, you're, you're a freaking volunteer. Stop driving so many hours. If there's no way to stop driving that many miles, then just stop driving. Because all you are doing is giving your time away to Grubhub and DoorDash, Postmates. These companies are not nonprofits, but you're still volunteering for them. So just, just stop it. But you think I'm getting paid a lot. Folks, all you are doing is you're getting a loan. And it's not pay. It's a loan. It is a loan that you've got to pay when you have to buy new tires later on because you've worn them down. When you have to replace that timing belt, which now you have to do probably once a year if you're doing this full time. When you get pennies on the dollar, when you trade your car in or sell it in because you've run that value so far down because of all the miles you've put on it. And here's the thing. If you haven't thought this part through, I can guarantee that when that $1,000 timing belt needs to come up, you're not prepared for it, are you? You've already spent that money because you thought that was your paycheck. You do know that you're going to get hit, don't you? You know, those those 40,000-mile tires... They just happened to have worn out after 40,000 miles. Who knew that was going to happen? That timing belt that I'm supposed to replace it place every 100,000 miles. Well, I didn't replace it because it just costs so much. That's a, that's a $1,000, $2,000 job. Well, guess what? It snapped. Who knew? Why do you think they tell you to replace the freaking thing? <sighs> Most of you are smarter than that. I hope you are. And and for for the most of you that are, I'm, I apologize for putting you through that rant. But folks, this is serious stuff here. This really gets to the heart of understanding what those miles really cost you. It's the difference between making really decent earnings and running a bankrupt business. I get passionate about this. And a lot of the reason is because it is insidious how these gig economy companies are exploiting drivers And the funny thing about it is they're doing this while the drivers think that they're making good money and they don't realize how much they're paying out the back end. So you've got to be aware of this. Drivers are making slave wages. They're volunteering and they don't even know it. They see that tax deduction and they think that's great. No taxes, but they don't realize how little they're making because their car actually costs them closer to that deduction amount than they think that it does. Now, I can see how it happens, you know. I mean, it's, it is it is hard to wrap our heads around what our cars really do cost because we don't see that money coming out of our pocket right away. Most of our things that we think of as expenses, that's money that's coming out of the pocket, right? 
Did you ever see that old commercial? I don't know if it was just where I was, but I remember the old commercial for, I think it was a national chain or something like that. It was kind of the old grizzled mechanic. It says, you either pay me now or you pay me later. A lot of the costs that we pay on our car are a pay me later type of thing, you know? And I know the IRS figure of 58 cents, that seems high for just about anybody. But but here's the thing. If you've got a fairly new car, it is a lot closer to that 58 cents a mile than you realize if you're driving a normal amount of miles. Now, the IRS, they do their calculations, but they do it based on kind of more of a standard 10, 12,000 miles a year. Now, when we're doing delivery and we're doing it full time, that's a lot more than that, right? But even at that, when there's a lot more miles, uh, that, that price per mile comes down a little bit, but it's still going to be a lot closer to that 35 cents a mile. And rarely is it going to be less. I think the very lowest that you could ever see is still going to be about 25 cents a mile. And that's with gas prices being in most parts of the country somewhere in the $3 an hour, $3 a mile range. Here's the deal, Courier Nation. You are running a business. Like it or not, plan for it or not, you are. Understanding that and thinking that way, thinking like a business owner, is your best bet for making sure that we're not part of those people being exploited by gig economy companies in the independent contractor system. It's the best way to use their system and turn that to our advantage. But that means we've got to be aware of our actual cost. But how do you know what it is? Let's walk through some things so that you get a better idea of what your actual costs are for your car. So let's talk a little bit about calculating those costs. I'm going to run through a few steps here. Uh, Get your pen and paper, okay? And it's just some basic calculations. But understand, this isn't necessarily how you would always do it, say, for taxes. But this isn't about taxes. This is about you understanding your actual costs. And especially when we get into depreciation. But this isn't a tax calculation. This is understanding how your car is actually going to impact your bottom line. The first thing you want to do is you want to figure out how many miles you think you will drive in a year's time. You know, take a look at the last few months. If you've been doing this for a little while, how many miles have you driven? And I'm not talking about business miles. I'm talking about how many miles are you putting on your car? We've got to figure out the cost for your car first, and then that'll help you kind of figure out as far as business side afterwards. So how many miles are you going to drive in a year? Okay, so now we're going to look at some fixed costs. These are things like your insurance, your registration, your taxes. You know, um, what is your insurance? Are you paying monthly or annually or whatever? What does that cost per year? What does it cost to renew your registration? Do you have property tax on your car? Do you have a loan? What is the interest part of that loan? Now, we're not talking about the total payment. You don't count the whole payment just the interest part. We'll get into why that is in a moment. But if you're not sure, what you could do is you can look up what you owe right now, what's your buyout on your car. Take that times your interest rate that you're paying. So if it's $20,000 that you owe a 2% interest rate, you're going to be right around $400. It'll actually be less than that, but it's a good quick way to calculate for a number, okay? So add all of those things up. Add up your registration, your insurance, your your interest, your taxes. 
and then divide those by those annual miles that I just had you figure out. Okay, what that's going to do, now when you're doing all of this, you're only going to do the interest if it's a loan. Now, if you own your car, obviously there's no interest, there's no expense, you know, if you own it outright. But if you're on a lease, you actually do the total payment for the lease, not just the interest. And uh, But I'm going to say, if you're on a lease, stop right now. Quit driving the dumb thing. I'm serious. It's it's just, it's going to cost you so much more on at least most leases. Now, there might be exceptions. I don't really know of any. But the way leases are structured, it is really expensive for doing things like delivery work, okay? But anyway, if uh, if you're doing a lease, you don't have interest, but you do count the whole payment. So anyway, you've added all of those things up. You divide that by the miles, and that's the cents per mile for the fixed portion of your expenses. So like on my car, I've got a 20-year-old Buick. That basically, it came out to, uh, when I did that division, 0.06, which is uh, six cents a mile then. Now, my cost is lower because the car is paid off um, and my insurance is lower because it's an older car and I don't have to do the full coverage. In fact, I can't get full coverage on it because the deductible is higher than the value of the car. <laughs> so, you know, with newer and more valuable cars, you know, if you've got a loan, um, the car's got a lot more value, your taxes are higher, your insurance is higher, and you could end up being up more like around 20 to 30 cents a mile. So you're going to set that mileage amount aside now, and we're going to figure out depreciation. But before we do that, let's maybe try and understand that a little bit if you're not familiar with what that is, because that's kind of one of those, let's make your eyes glaze over money terms, isn't it? If you own your car outright, or if you have like a regular financing, a loan, you count depreciation also. If you're on a lease, you do not add up your depreciation. There's a reason that we count this, and it's the same reason that you don't count the principal on your loan, that you only do the interest on it. And it has to do with its accounting. And basically what happens is that if you own something with value, that is considered basically to be the same thing as having money. It all has value. So when you pay $20,000 for something and you get something for value in return, it's not an expense because you've got that value in what you got in return. Now, when that item gains value, like let's say if you bought a house and it increased in value, that's called a gain. If it loses value, then that's called depreciation. And it's that loss in value that is an expense. So your $20,000 car, if it loses $8,000 in value, your expense isn't $20,000, it's $8,000. That's your depreciation. And here's the thing with cars and depreciation. Miles are a value killer. The kind of miles that we can really the kind of miles that we do can just really, really, really drive down the value of your car. Now, there are a lot of ways that you can figure your depreciation. Tax law allows you to break it down over like five years on a car. and uh, But we're not talking about tax calculations right now. What I want to do is I want to get a real world look at the value of your car, how it is changing how you get a real good idea of how much your car really is going down in value. 
And so here's an exercise that you can do. Go somewhere like Kelly Blue Book. That's kbb.com. They've got a calculator there where you can figure out the value of your car. If you go there, at least right now as I write this, I think the steps are kind of like you go to uh, the kbb.com. There's a tab there for car value. And then you can click on my car's value. And then it gives you a couple of options. Choose the one that is just trade-in value only. At that point, it's going to have you walk you through putting in all the details on your car. You know, the make, the model, the year. Uh, at some point then it's going to ask you for how many miles are on the car and if there are options. And, and I wouldn't get too worried about the options. You know, just really go ahead and just click on the standard package for whatever model you've got because that's not going to really affect anything. Uh, right now we're just trying to get a base value, okay? So you put in all that information and then let it calculate. And what you're going to look for on Kelly, it's called the private party value. I think on some other sites where you can do some calculations, they might call it the retail value. You know, it's basically what is the car worth if you're going to sell it? How much should you be getting for it? Or uh, you, you know what I mean there? Okay, so now write that number down that you got for that. And you're going to go back and you're going to go back to the beginning and you're going to do it all over again. You're going to enter everything in exactly the same except for two differences. On the model year, as long as your car has, you know, as long as that model had a version from a year ago, uh, on the model year, make it one year older. So let's say you were doing a 2018 Toyota Prius. This time around, you do it for a 2017. The second difference is going to be that you're going to put a different mileage amount. So the first time you did it, you, bet you did it based on what the miles were on your car. So take those miles that are on your car right now, add the amount of miles that you expect to drive in a year's time to that. So my Buick has 120,000 miles. If I think I'm doing 30,000 miles in the next year, I'm going to enter in 150,000 miles. Okay, so do you see what you're doing when you're doing this is you're getting a feel for what that car is going to be worth if it was a year older, which it would be in another year's time, with the miles that you're going to put on the car. So that's your that's that's what you're doing here is you're you're getting a feel for the drop in value in a year's time. So you take that private party value now after you've done this second calculation, after you've run the numbers on that, and you compare that to the first time you ran this. And what is the difference there? So let's say it came in $3,000 lower. Then you divide that difference by the miles. So like for my car, it was 30,000 miles, but it's an old car, $300. You know, it's kind of hard to lose value when there is no value to begin with, right? So mine, mine came out about $300 drop in value, and it adds up to a penny per mile because you're dividing the drop in value by the miles you're going to do. If it's a newer car and it has 3,000 miles, or I'm sorry, a $3,000 drop over 30,000 miles, that's 10 cents a minute. So do you see what I mean? You're coming up with a depreciation amount per minute. Now, I do want to talk a little bit more about leasing and why you don't want to do a lease, really, and uh, try to understand, or if you are doing a lease, then to understand what is different about it, okay? See, so you do not do depreciation on a lease, and that is because on a lease, you never actually own the car. 
depreciation has to do with the value of something that is yours. But with a lease, the ownership of your car stays with the lease company. You just get to use the car. It's really kind of a, a long form of rental. And uh, the money that you're paying for your lease payment, basically what that's doing is it is paying them. It's kind of their calculation. What you're doing is you're financing the difference in value from when you start the lease to when you end it. And that's why your lease is so much lower. You're not paying for owning the car. You're just paying for how much the value of the car is going to drop. And I think a lot of it is marketed as, okay, you know, that's a good way to kind of avoid all the hassles of selling and reselling and buying and trading in and all that. You just lease it, you turn it in, you start a new lease again with something newer. But do you remember the thing that we were saying that really kills the value of a car? And that's miles. And when you're doing something like we're doing that requires a lot of miles, it can really, really, really work against you on a lease. If the value of the car drops more than what they calculate that it will drop, you have to pay the difference when you're doing a lease. And, and the biggest way, the biggest thing that impacts that, you know, one is the condition of the car. If you return it in really bad condition, you pay extra. If you return it with a lot more miles than they planned on, you pay extra. A typical lease is going to have like about a 12,000 mile a year limit. And a typical lease is going to have a penalty somewhere around 25 cents a mile. So let's say you've got a lease and you forget all about that. You go out and you're going to drive a lot. And you've got to figure in that cost for that penalty, for that extra money that you'll have to pay. So here's what you're going to do is you're going to, you know, first of all, your whole payment is an expense. There's no interest. There's no principal. The whole payment is an expense. And then on top of that, you're going to take all of the miles that you drive. You're going to figure out how far that is over your annual limit. And so if you're doing 30,000 miles and you got a lease that gives you a 12,000 limit, that's 18,000 miles over and you got to pay a quarter a piece for each of those miles. That's a hell of a lot of quarters, folks. That comes out to $4,500. So now let's do the same thing at $4,500 divided by 30,000 and that's your average overage on your lease per mile. That comes out to 15 cents a mile if you if based on these kind of numbers. But you can understand why I say don't do a lease because it's not designed for this kind of thing. Now, maybe you received a lease with better terms and sometimes there might be a lease out there that's kind of designed for the kind of miles that we do. I don't know. Uh, I don't know of any, but uh, I, I'll tell you there's a reason that Dave Ramsey calls it a fleece, you know. I think a lot of people don't realize exactly what they're doing when they get a lease. Okay, so now we figured all of that, and now we can get to the gas. You know, that's that's the one thing that we always think of when we're when we're talking about expenses, right? What does your gas cost you in your market right now? Um, and how many miles to the gallon does your car get? And I hope you've got a good feel for that. Okay, you really want to be tracking that. You want to kind of know what you're, how far you're getting on a gallon of gas. Now, what you do is you divide that price per gallon by the miles per gallon. Right now, it's $2.60 where I live. My car gets 20 miles to the gallon. It's not that great. That's what you get with an older Buick. 
And so that comes out to 13 cents a mile. So you do that calculation. You know, as I'm recording this, it's the middle of summer. And that's usually the peak time for gas prices where I live. So it's actually a pretty safe number to go with. You know, a lot of times it's lower, um, lower than 260 or whatever. But, uh, you know, every market is different. But you kind of try and get at least the average, if not the higher end of your gas prices. And divide that by your gas mileage. Get your, your gas price per mile. One more thing that we need to figure in, and that's going to be your maintenance. That's going to be the wear. That's going to be the wear and tear on your car. And uh, we're going to make this one really simple here. Now, there's a lot of things that they just, they've got to be replaced every so many miles. Or there are certain things that they're just going to wear out after so many miles. And so this is going to be like your tires. You know, your tires are going to be usually forty to 60,000 miles that you can get on a set of tires. And as much driving as we do, it's not all that uncommon to have to replace tires every year. You're going to have things like your regular oil changes. You're going to have brakes. You're going to have, you know, changing the fluids, the oil, the belts, the hoses. You've got big ticket items on a lot of cars. Like uh, most cars nowadays have a timing belt that's got to be replaced every 80 to 100,000 miles. And that's expensive on a lot of cars. You have your water pump is usually going to have to be replaced about every 100,000 miles. There's, there's so many things. And uh, what I've done most of the times when I've kind of run the numbers a few times is it's always kind of come out somewhere around 10 cents a mile for the maintenance costs. And these are costs that you're going to have. These are costs that you're going to have to pay eventually. If you're not paying them, again, it's that pay me now or pay me later. You're going to have bigger expenses down the line. So these are things that you're going to have to do. Um, they're they're mileage based. They're you know they're time based. So it's not a fixed cost. And, and it averages about 10 cents a mile. So you're going to, you know, for at least right now, instead of getting into the weeds on all of these, let's just make it simple with 10 cents a mile. So now that we've done all of those calculations for those four areas, we're going to add all of those costs up. So your fixed cost per mile, and on my Buick, that was six cents a minute for all of that is what it averaged out to is six cents a minute. Your depreciation per mile. My Buick is just a penny, you know, so I'm, I'm, I was on the lucky side on the first two. Then you get to the gas per mile. That's where I'm not so lucky because now I'm at 13 cents a mile. And then with the maintenance at 10 cents a mile. So basically what happens is my car comes out to about 30 cents a mile. That's what it actually costs me to run my car. Now, for comparison's sake, just because I, I started thinking about this, uh, you know, right after I started. And it's like, does it make more sense to get a newer car that's going to get better economy? And so I've run the numbers before on this. So I did it again this time. I just, I chose like a two-year-old uh, Toyota Prius. And I did this because it gets such fantastic mileage. I figure if I'm getting something that's maybe getting 50 miles a gallon, that's got to save me a lot of money. The funny thing is, is when I run those numbers though, the problem is on a newer vehicle like that, you've got interest, you've got taxes, you've got depreciation, and those things are so much more than what the gas part of it is. You know, gas is just a small fraction of your cost. And those things all way more than offset the cost of the gas mileage. 
And on that Toyota, when I ran it, at least based on, you know, things in my market and registration costs, taxes in my market, all those different things, it basically came out to 39 cents a mile. So almost 10 cents a mile more than my 20-year-old, 20-mile-to-gallon Buick. You've got to look at the big picture here. You've got to look at everything on that. Now, this is something where you want to have a good grasp on just what kind of condition your car is in. I wouldn't feel as comfortable on my Buick if it had 240,000 miles because there's more things likely to break down. But I, you know, I keep the maintenance up really good because this thing's my bread and butter. You know what I mean? But your most economical option is going to be if you've got an old enough, super economical car that is in really, really good shape. It's paid for, the insurance is cheap, it doesn't need a lot of repairs, and the value is mostly gone. So there's really little or no depreciation cost. And in that situation, you're going to be a lot closer to my Buick in things like the fixed costs because the big one there is insurance. And that's going to be, you know, pretty much about the same, you know, no matter what type of car, especially if it's just liability. Um, your depreciation is going to be pretty similar, about a penny. Your maintenance is going to be pretty similar. And the big difference is, of course, the fuel economy. And if you're getting double the efficiency, you can probably get a car in around 25 cents a mile. That Courier Nation is about as cheap as it's going to get. I do not see much likelihood of getting much lower than 25 cents a mile. And I think that 25 cents a mile is a real rarity. Now, for me, I thought about, should I get maybe a different car, a smaller car, a little more economical? Folks, I'm six foot five inches tall, and uh, there's a lot of those small cars. I'm not going to fit in that comfortable. I'm just, I'm, you know, no matter what you can do, you can only do so much for comfort when you're as tall as I am. And, and my car is super reliable. Uh, it is just, it was in incredible condition for a 20-year-old car. So I talked about this a little bit in episode 10 when talking about choosing the right equipment. And one of the things that I mentioned is you want to get a car that you're also comfortable in. And I just made that decision that, okay, I could probably get a more economical car that has all the other advantages and probably very reliable, but am I going to be comfortable in that? And am I going to be able to keep putting in the hours that I need to put in to make the money that I want to make? Can I spend 40 hours a week in that car? And I can in my Buick. And so in, in the end, that was kind of that business decision that I had to make. But folks, here's the thing that I really encourage you to do is run the numbers. Uh, run yourself through all of these numbers. Be realistic in your costs. If you know your real costs, you're more aware of the need to keep your miles down. And you have a better idea of what you're really making. You know when this isn't really making money for you when you know the costs. You know when it's time to call it quits, or you know when you've got to be able to do something to improve things for you. And if you're keeping on top of what the actual costs are, if you totally understand those costs, you're better prepared for those costs. Now, we're going to dig into that in a couple of days here. But I want to thank you folks for hanging out with me on this one. Thanks for enduring the rant, uh, for enduring a little bit longer episode. This was longer, but it is important stuff. And uh, this is kind of the cap. This is as long as I ever want to go. But this is the stuff that can make or break you. Your car costs you that much money that you've got to stay on top of it. 
So I thank you again, Courier Nation, for tuning in, and I invite you to check us out on DeliverOnYourBusiness.com. Please follow us on social media. You can find us at uh, just searching for Entree Courier on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. If you found good information on this podcast, please share the word, spread the word, tell people about us, share us on social media, uh, leave us reviews uh, for the uh, podcast because those reviews help us get found. Finally, folks, please go out there, take control of your career, your life, go and be the boss. Yeah.